Hi, I'm Shane. And I'm Anna. We're part of a team of young food ambassadors working with the Food Foundation to campaign for better access to good food for every child in the country. We ambassadors have recently updated our Children's Right to Food Charter. It's a call to action and we're going right to the top to ask the government to tackle children's food insecurity and obesity. Each week on the Right to Food podcast, we find out how COVID is revealing the gaps in the system that we want fixed. This week, we're in Portadown, where normally we would be helping out with the Summer Cookit course, a four-week cookery programme at Oasis Youth, a community intercultural programme service which supports members of immigrant communities and kids on free school meals. It's where we so often spot kids on the front line of food poverty. We had kids arriving with a box that was empty because their mum didn't want to embarrass them by sending nothing, so they sent them an empty box. Shane, you were on BBC Radio 4's food programme recently talking to Sheila Dillon about what we see. Yes, and she was shocked to hear that we're not just talking about a few kids who suffer from this kind of hunger. We see hundreds. One of the the many problems I've witnessed is uh, people in our programmes who were sent with essentially one lunch spread over a few days. So one day they might have a sandwich, the next day a yoghurt, the next day a biscuit, and then maybe, if they're lucky, get a bottle of juice to go with it. This is why this cooking course is so vital for these young people, because they're learning to not be so reliant on their parents who might not have the skills. They are taking responsibility for their own health. Yeah, I absolutely agree, Anna. This cookout programme is a great way for kids to learn to cook while giving us an opportunity to intercept cases of food poverty as well. Uh, but it also helps kids who suffer from hunger for reasons that might otherwise slip under the radar. We can't be there this year because of COVID, but a 10-year-old Morgan and her sister Rhiannon are on the cookout programme using Google Classroom to learn to cook online. Hi, it's Morgan. Tonight I'm cooking with my big sister Rhiannon. We are trying a new recipe, honey garlic chicken with rice. I don't really think I'm going to like it, it, but I'm going to try it. Laura Clockley is one of the youth engagement facilitators at Oasis, coordinating this summer's online version of the course. So the Oasis Cook It programme um, was a funded programme, so it's funded through Cash for Kids. Um, so they gave us funding to help out 30 children uh, over the four weeks just with education around cooking and nutrition uh, and the opportunity then to cook their own meals from scratch uh, and learn that process as well. Um, so it, it was geared towards children who are in receipt of free school meals here in Northern Ireland. Um, but often then we would get referrals from our parent organisation just of families who maybe are struggling through lockdown that just, you know, they're strugg- maybe have uh, four or five children and are just struggling with things to keep them occupied and busy. This week, being in the cook program, I've been trying some new things and eating We've um, really, the last couple of years, been pushing healthy eating, but making it fun, um, as well as trying to tackle then holiday hunger and food poverty alongside that. So it's really an educational element um, of fresh food and nutritious food for them. Um, so some of the young people that, that are on the programme would never, I think, have cooked before. I'm just thinking of Morgan. Um, she is, I was chatting to her mum today and her mum is just amazed at the, the change in a week. Um, so if Morgan doesn't like something, she will not try it. That's the end of it. Whereas now she's on the programme, her mum has been saying, you know, Morgan's thinking, well, I'm on the programme and my mum wants me to try it, so I'll try it and see. Um 
So it's just giving them confidence even in trying new foods and access to foods maybe that they would never have thought of trying before, as well as just equipping them with the basic cooking skills of you know how to boil an egg, how to make scrambled eggs, how to make pasta, things like that, just to give them those skills. 17-year-old Arda is recording her audio report of how she's getting on with her honey chicken for the Kuka Google Classroom. Today for dinner, we were making char-grilled chicken kebabs. We were supposed to make them on the 30th of June, but because I was a little bit lazy, I forgot to pre-prep the chicken, so then we decided to make it today by pre-prepping the chicken last night. Then we put the chicken in the fridge. This evening, we decided Arda emigrated from Latvia with her mum and younger brother more than 10 years ago and has been finding support from the Oasis programmes ever since. Sticks in water, cold water. After it's important for the family water, to keep their cultural identity through their food. My mum makes most of our uh, foods that are originally from like our culture. She makes them at home. She just gets the ingredients, which are easily found here. So then it's a little bit easier. When Arda was little... She was the only English speaker in her family for the first few years and learned to cope early while her mother worked and studied. I cook just as about as much as my mum. Then there's my younger brother. He likes to help out and sometimes he cooks too. But usually because I'm home at like two or three, I will start preparing dinner at four so that it's ready for when she gets home because she had um, afternoon classes. Uh, she was studying French and payroll and English Sometimes she didn't even have time for dinner. 27-year-old Laura has been there since the beginning. Even when I start to, to think about Arda and her family, I, I can't even remember what year they arrived over here. Um, but her mum, they came over obviously as a single parent family. Um, and our organisation is one of the only ones in our area. So people who come over from the EU naturally kind of gravitate towards our organisation. Um, so it, that started off with just one-to-one work with um, one of our workers and her mum. And then obviously whenever it came to light that she had children, um, they were sent over to us then. So, you know, Arda and her first brother, Ritvars, they were some of our first kids at our after-school programmes and summer schemes and have been with us ever since. Um, and it's just been really nice watching them kind of grow in Northern Ireland and become comfortable in their environment. We know that many families have faced enormous financial pressures during lockdown and the parents and older siblings often go without meals to feed their kids. I don't feel as hungry, but my brothers are snacking all day, every day. In general, for dinner, we would do a big kettle of rice or a big kettle of pasta and would last two or three days. The rice, we would either have chicken or like a mince that my mum made. And then with the pasta, we usually have uh, also chicken because usually I can make uh, chicken carbonara. And then if we have a lazy day, we just do fish fingers and fries. Obviously, some of the first jobs that people get when they move over here is in food processing and food factory. So her mum had been working there for a while and then obviously met her partner and they had another child. Um, And then their granny lives with them now as well. So they have quite a a big household um, and... You know, they didn't have a car, so they had to walk everywhere. Um, and they lived on one side of the town. I'm just thinking now, they didn't go to the local junior high school. They went to the one on the opposite side of town. So they had to walk to then get the bus to then walk more to get to school. Um, and like Arda and her brother would still do that. If their mum's obviously away at work in the mornings, then they would get the bus and then walk to school. But to them, that's just totally normal. Like they wouldn't think anything of it or they would cycle places and... 
Um, their stepdad obviously was the driver in the household and then whenever he moved away then they were just left with their bikes so their mum started to learn to drive and just passed her test this year um, so they have been loving the fact that they're able to get a lift home from the youth centre instead of having to cycle at night time and things so but they're so used to that that it, they wouldn't think any different of it either. The Cook It programme isn't just about teaching kids to cook each week the team distributes a food box packed with the ingredients for all the recipes to each of the households. Um, every week, my manager and I, we sit down and think about what are some good, easy breakfasts that kids can cook. Um, so they get five breakfasts, so Monday to Friday or whenever, and then they get two meals a week. Um, so like they're big main meals that would feed the whole family and breakfast is enough to feed the whole family as well so we kind of just put our heads together to come up with recipes and then we do a big grocery shop so we do that on a Thursday um, and literally it's the trolley that brings me around because it's so heavy it's where we get 10 of everything um, so every week it will have the basics like milk yogurt and eggs um, so we get our eggs from a local farmer and um, so he delivers them to us then we, they get their usual, they'll get whatever meat they need for the week. Um, they will get, flip if not, four or five different kinds of fruit and vegetables. So they're definitely getting their five a day. Um, and we get that from our local uh, fruit and veg shop, which uh, it's called Homegrown, but it's all homegrown. So it's it's so, super fresh. Um, and then we get um, loads of fruit as a snack as well. So they get their fruit for their breakfast or whatever, and then they get fruit as a snack. They get all their condiments, all their sauces, um, all the flour and different things they would need to like make their own pizza bases or make pancakes or whatever, and they get all their bread. So they have everything um, to do, the five breakfasts and the two meals, but there's always extra then that they can chip into other meals or lunches that they're making as well. For Arda's mum, the food boxes are a wonderful relief. Well, I kind of expected it because I did apply for the big delivery for three people, but my mum wasn't expecting it and I think she expected that to last the four weeks. And then she found out today that there's another one coming this Friday. So she really wasn't expecting that. While they're delivering the boxes, it's a chance for Laura and the team to have a chat with the families on the doorstep. Steve is a single dad to 12-year-old Mimi. I work actually within a school in the kitchen. So I went in first week of March and then I was told not to go back. Okay. Uh, I haven't been back since. Um, but but at the start, not only was it hard um, to go to buy stuff, but you didn't want to go. I don't yeah. want to stand in queues. I don't want you know. Yeah. So there's a bit of not finding it and then not want to. And then I suppose if you're like the only adult in the house too, then like you don't really have a choice then. Well, there was one time I did line up with, with Mimi and. Um, we waited in a queue, we waited and waited and we got right up and then they said, sorry, your son's not allowed to come in. Oh, okay. Had it been a normal situation, I would have walked away. Yeah. I've already been in a queue for an hour. Yeah. And if me, but if Mimi had been a couple of years younger, yeah. I couldn't have left her in the no. car because I was in the shop for an hour Yeah. because you got to go around a certain way. Yeah. So. Laura chats to Mimi about the changes in her eating habits since lockdown. So are you eating more now that you're at home all the time or are you eating less because you're maybe going out to play with friends? What do you think? Definitely, I am eating a lot more food. Eating a lot more, are you? Yeah, I'm eating a lot more junk food. Junk food, okay. What about vegetables? Not that much. <laughs> okay, what has been your favourite junk food you've eaten since during lockdown then? Any gummy things. Gummy things? 
Are you brushing your teeth too? (laughs) (laughs) A survey of almost 1,000 young people aged 14 to 19 by the charities Back Back 2030, Guys and St Thomas's Charity, has found that a third of teens are now cooking more, with 60% of respondents saying that their eating as a family has made them feel healthier during lockdown. 45% of participants said that they are now more aware of the injustices that exist in the food system. However, snacking has increased during lockdown, with 63% of those in the lowest income groups reporting snacking more compared to 57% of those in the highest socioeconomic bracket. You've got parents who are like single parents with kids that have been furloughed and maybe are getting their wage in, but it's just not enough to cover um, you know, their groceries weekly or they've been made redundant or they can't afford childcare. Oasis has been so much more to the community than a source of food and cookery lessons. It's given access behind the closed doors and here's the stories that make statistics people-shaped. Um, so it's those things that I suppose do get reported in some sense, but it's not a personalised experience. Those things that are reported are very generalised and there are lots of people going through the same thing. But if you look deeper, you know, there are families then that have just been terribly impacted by the lockdown um, and financially obviously then that impacts them mentally too and especially for parents who are maybe single they're, they're going without food so that they can give their kids food um, or they're just eating scraps or eating whatever they can find so um, a lot of those families have been reaching out to us then to see what kind of help we can provide. For Morgan's mum Katrina the food boxes have been a great help during lockdown when the day-to-day access to food has been a struggle. At the very beginning of lockdown, it became really difficult to get things. Um, we couldn't get grocery deliveries or anything, so um, and people stockpiling. So I think things that we would eat a lot in this house, like noodles and pastas and stuff, we weren't able to get. Um, we couldn't use the main supermarket, so we're having to use local shops. And I definitely feel like we had to budget more, um, especially with having to pay the price of deliveries or shopping in the local shops without having the same variety or the same offers that you would have in the supermarket. You seem to be getting a lot less for your money in the smaller shops. Morgan suffers from abdominal migraines, which doctors believe stem from anxiety and sensory overload, and she's on a waiting list to test for autism. She finds it hard to eat anything other than safe foods, the brands and types of foods that she's used to, which means that free school meals don't always help. We haven't really seen the benefits of free school dinners because Morgan would have been a very fussy eater, so we were providing her with packed lunches anyway. Um, But definitely the money has come in handy, especially when you're shopping in smaller local shops and things are costing a lot more. So it has definitely made a difference to us as a family, yes. Food insecurity is a real issue among low-income families and Laura and the Oasis team are there to pick them up when the worst happens. Um, A family who are from Portugal, um, their father was in his 50s and contracted COVID and died. Um, And he wasn't married he was just living with his partner, so they weren't married, but that's caused a lot of problems in trying to certify the death back in Portugal. Um, so she's now a single mum, but can't bring her kids to Portugal with her. So she's had to ask a friend to look after them. Uh, and it was just, it was supposed to be a weekend. And now the kids have been there for three weeks. Um, and neither of those people that are te- have taken them in work. So then they're really struggling then um, with food, basically, because they have their own kids and then they have another three on top to feed. 
Food is often a way in to talk about lifestyle issues that many people find so hard to discuss. Especially in Northern Ireland, um, we're quite proud. Uh, and if we're struggling with things, we don't tend to talk about it. We don't reach out for help um, unless, you know, things get really dire. So for a lot of families, nobody knows what's going on until they've reached breaking point, And then that's when they reach out. Um, but some of the families that we're working with at the minute in particular, um, a lot of them have lost their jobs uh, and it, they come from families where maybe only one adult is working and the other um, either isn't able to get a job or has such young children that they're looking after them. So their sole income comes from that job. And then during this time, obviously, so many redundancies have been made um, that they're struggling then to afford food. And the problem then is with applying for benefits is that there's been such a delay with universal credit then that the application's in process but the payments are really delayed so they're really really struggling to make ends meet. Back in the Google Classroom Steve's daughter Mimi tells the group a little about life at home and why she wants to learn to cook. I live with my dad and I have one brother called Aaron and he is 16 years old. Uh, mostly, <laughs> mostly my dad does cook no, he does cook a lot for us. Uh, he used to be a professional chef and then he quit because I was born, but he's always been a good cook and he still is. I like cooking for other people because it makes me feel like I'm helping them without them doing anything, so I'm doing something for them. It feels like I'm being independent by my, being independent. Now I can do stuff by myself. Statistics show that lockdown has encouraged 55% more people to cook from scratch. But 17% of respondents of a survey by Mental said they had been eating more tinned food since the start of lockdown, and this figure is rising for millennials and Gen Z. The plan at Cook It is to get kids cooking more fresh vegetables. I was surprised that the salt tasted so nice, especially since there was vegetables and mustard in it. It's so important that kids have access to good fresh food. New research by Iceland and Birdseye has found that frozen food is becoming increasingly popular among the younger generation. Between October 2019 and June 2020, 26% of 18 to 24 year olds bought more frozen equivalents of their regular fresh food, with almost a quarter of those surveyed saying they plan to continue buying more frozen food. The Cook It program is working right in the heart of the most vulnerable age group but they're making a real change. Has anybody tried um, passion fruit before? It's uh, it's like a it's sort of like a purpley colour. It's a small circle of fruit and you, you cut it in half and you eat the inside of it. It's like, a, like little seeds. Um, I've had like passion fruit juice, but not like the actual fruit. Really that's, what, that's one there. That's what it looks like there if you see Laura's picture. Usually we would be in a big kitchen somewhere, you know, coming together maybe once or twice a week and cooking together. Um, I suppose like a cookery lesson in some ways, but obviously now with lockdown, you know, we're just Zooming and we were using Google Classroom to see how it works. So it's been really nice because the kids then have their own kind of autonomy to post when they want and what they want. Uh, And they're not like... They're not afraid of speaking up then. I suppose sometimes when you, whenever you're all together in person, kids don't like to speak up and share their opinions. Whereas when they're posting online, you know, and they're in that safety of a private Google Classroom, then they can post their true opinions on things. Uh, and it's been really nice. We had our first Zoom call at the start of the week. Um, so that was everybody together just chatting. We were playing games and 
um, chatting about you know what recipes they'd like most and what they were looking forward to so that was really nice even just online to be able to spend some time together um, and I suppose it removes that fear too of face-to-face interaction um, where you have the choice then that if you're not comfortable you can switch your camera off or you don't have to speak the whole time so um, and I really loved visiting people's houses so obviously I put stuff on the doorstep and that's me but um, most of them come out to, to stand and chat so I could be there for 15 minutes chatting to them uh, and they're loving showing me their photos that they've taken or m- making me watch the videos over and over again so it's really nice that way to catch up then once a week with them too. Have you guys learned any new cooking skills that you like had never done before? How to portion rice now. How to portion sounds so rice. stupid. <laughs> it sounds so stupid. But no, I it's make true though because you always make too much, don't you? And it works. Yeah. After only a couple of weeks of the cook-it programme, Morgan's mum says that her picky daughter is not only cooking, but eating. Morgan would sometimes just be really quiet. And, you know, she comes to our after-school club, so we know her really well. So we know when she's having her good days and having her bad days. And the last couple of Zoom calls we've done with her, like, she's just been really quiet and shy because she doesn't like the kind of camera and face-to-face stuff. Um, And her mum says just the change within her over the last week of trying new things. She is going back to school next week just for a week, just like a break-in week. Um, and she wants to bring a packed lunch with her. So she bought um, her own lunchbox off Amazon with uh, all these different compartments so that all the fruit and veg that she gets, she can prepare herself and bring with her. Um, and that just made my heart swell because we know Morgan is somebody who would eat very little. Uh, and I suppose in some ways has safe foods, like she loves cereals, so she ate it till the cows come home. Um, but her mum saying this time that stuff that she would usually just turn her nose up at and push away. She's like, okay, I'm part of the programme, so I want to give it a try. As Laura drops the weekly food box at Mimi's house, she asks, how's it going? We're only into week two, but what have you enjoyed about being part of the cooking programme? Um, I've enjoyed um, the Zoom mic sessions. Okay. And also more of the cooking stuff. Tell me about a meal. Which one of the meals have you cooked that's been your favourite? Um, I've only cooked one meal, which was the spaghetti bolognese. Mm-hmm. That would might have to be one of my favourite things to cook because it was one of my favourite things and also the first thing I made. At the yeah. Program. Brilliant. It's tasty. Have you made your tortilla pizza yet? No. Not yet. I I love tortilla pizzas. Are great, so I'm excited to see if you make one of those. Now that you are part of the Cook It program with Oasis, has what you eat changed any over the last two weeks? Yes. Are you eating more fruit and vegetables? Um. Were you picking and choosing what you're eating? Kind of. Kind of. You're eating more fruit when you have your French toast, aren't you? Or do you do you just take a photo of it and then put it aside? <laughs> have I caught you out? I've exposed you again. <laughs> My dad just adds food on to make add some colour to you. Yes. In real life, it's just it's beige, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, youth work has always been my passion, uh, and obviously then when holiday hunger started to kind of come more in delight, and we were made more aware of how so like so many people were struggling, it just broke my heart because I've always been in a position where I've never had to worry what I'm going to have for breakfast the next morning or where I'm going to get breakfast um, or even if I'm going to have breakfast. Um, so a couple of years ago, you know, we were doing summer schemes where the kids just brought their own packed lunches with them. 
because um, we were maybe working with 200 to 250 children so they would we would get them a break and a wee snack and then they brought their pack lunch with them and that pinpointed for me those times that you know food poverty was a real issue because we had kids arriving with a box that was empty because their mum didn't want to embarrass them by sending nothing so they sent them an empty box um, or you know we had phone calls from a parent maybe the night before saying that they didn't have any bread uh, and they couldn't like couldn't afford to buy anything else that week that you know had their budget spent and could we give them two pieces of bread the next morning um, or you know parents just crying down the phone because they didn't have anything to send their child with so at those schemes we always had like emergency lunches because naturally kids forget to bring their lunch um, and then that's when we started to realise there were more and more children that just weren't having any kind of lunch at all or maybe being sent with a packet of crisps and a biscuit because that was all that was left in the house um, so that for, for us kind of spurred our passion then of what can we do to, to target food poverty um, and naturally as a, a small charity then you're you're stressed with your funding already and it's like what can we do um, so then we partnered with uh, an organisation up in Belfast called Children in Northern Ireland because um, they're working with the right to food uh, up at Stormont uh, and then we approached a pharmaceutical company uh, that's local to us and they fund all our Gets Active programmes um, and that is completely targeted at children in, re- in receipt of free school meals or those that have been referred um, maybe that just have problems going on at home um, so yeah that's what that's what um, struck me was just being able to use my I suppose my privilege uh, in being able to access food and try and channel that into how can we help others so The COVID-19 virus has changed our world in many ways, but we are more determined than ever to explain why the government must do everything it can to ensure every child in the UK has access to a better diet. We would love it if you could take a look at our Children's Right to Food Charter at foodfoundation.org.uk and support us by sharing the podcast using the right to food hashtag and following at CR2F campaign. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.